The following program is brought to you by the 511 Media Group. This program is available on iTunes, Spotify, the 511 Media Group YouTube channel, and 511mediagroup.com. Welcome back to another bonus episode. We are one bonus episode away from Christmas. If you celebrate, if not, happy Hanukkah. That was this past week. It's a couple holidays that are coming about. <laughs> yes. Most notably, I'm sure. Just happy holidays. We're getting excited. Uh, this intro is making me want to watch Stranger Things. That's coming out soon as well, I believe. Beginning of next year at some point. Okay. It's it, I, I'm sorry. It gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch Stranger Things again. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so this week, uh, we're talking about one of my favorite things to talk about. Uh, I was introduced to this person in my history class, funnily enough. Don't know why. My my teacher was kind of a crazy dude. Uh, I took, I had to take a history class in college. And if you know me, I hate history, like almost more than anything. Geography is under that. <laughs> like playing trivia, uh, the trivia game I play, um, mm-hmm. hate it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do geography or history. Nope. But this guy, he taught his class really interesting can't remember his name so I'm sorry if he somehow ever comes across this but he taught from the like 1920s ish and on so he would actually give us to read like comics from that time and it would talk about like the issues going on so it was a pretty cool class and one day he decided to talk about a serial killer and I was like Okay. <laughs> like we don't Yeah, we don't usually talk about this stuff. Typically. Usually we talk about the freaking Revolutionary War 80 yeah. times and learn about the government in every single history class and all the wars and whatnot. Yeah, I mean anytime I've learned about serial killers in a class it was uh forensics <laughs> or psychology. I didn't even learn about any serial killers, I don't think, in any of my classes. Like maybe we touched on them. But we never watched it. I mean, if I ever saw anything near it, like, we would watch random shows sometimes, and then, like, one would be in there or something. But we never talked about a serial killer exclusively, and we had a whole lesson on this guy, and I wish I knew where the notes were, but I don't. Um, And this is H.H. Holmes. It's not his real name, but he was a Chicagoan-ish. Yeah. Wasn't born here, but he did his reign here. Uh, So I was instantly sucked in. I was like, whoa, Chicago serial killer, you say? (laughs) And this was, like, my freshman year of college. So I was super soaked. (laughs) Um, And he is considered one of America's first serial killers. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) But there is a lot of mystery around this guy. Um, A lot of people make up theories about what happened. Uh, It's not conclusive. There's a lot of things that don't add up a lot in this story so a lot of people try to spin what happened uh so it's not conclusive for example how many people he wound up killing or really what happened the mansion doesn't exist anymore it (laughs) so i looked it up because i was like wow that'd be a really cool place to like go ghost hunting at or something and it got torn down well it burned down but uh, they tore down the rest of the establishment, whatever was left of it. it. Now there's post office on it. But there is, like, a little tunnel underneath that was a part of the original house. So, like, it's the only existing part of his murder mansion that exists today. Okay. Yeah. I I did research on that a while ago. Because I was like, why hasn't Ghost Adventures done an episode yeah. on this yet? Yeah. <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> yeah. So, Herman Webster Mug- Mudgett is Mudgett, his yeah. real name. Uh, also better known as H.H. H. Holmes. 
who was a con artist and a bigamist. Oh my God, you're reading my thing word for word. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Who was believed one of America's first serial killers, like you said, and he... Like you said, it was inconclusive how many people killed, but it's believed that he killed around 20 to 200 in his Stop murder castle. Stop reading my notes. I think we use the same website now. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Did you say that he was the Beast of Chicago? Because that's what he was called. And the book about him is called The Devil in the White City. I did read that, but I did not write that down. I used. Uh, okay. I typically use biography.com. I think I did research. use part of that. Okay. I think I switched over to a website halfway through this. Okay, there we go. So I wanted more information. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't satisfied with what I found entirely because biography.com is really great. It really gives you like a good summary of everything, but it doesn't go into details a yeah. lot. And it really frustrates me sometimes because <laughs> I want to know more. I want to know what happened. Like I um, for the I was doing research um, for the Zodiac Killer after this, and I used biography.com because I was happy with it up until this point, but it's so not good for the Zodiac Killer. But yeah. I guess for like smaller things like this, where they only have so much information, it was a really great source. Yeah, I used biography.com for Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer, and those two were pretty good. But um, for Zodiac Killer, it was kind of rough. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, by the way, this person died too. And I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I used a little bit on that website, but I hopped around. But yeah. moving on to H.H. <laughs> H. Holmes, uh, his early life. So he was born on May 16th of 1861 in Gilmanton, New Hampshire. Holmes was born into a wealthy family where he enjoyed a privileged childhood and became unusually intelligent at an early age, which typically doesn't seem like a problem, but... It was I think a, it is a problem. Well, it depends what unusually intelligent means. Typically, I'm, like, thinking Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, two routes I feel like people can go on with really high intelligence. They can either go the normal straight path or they kind of start getting this weird... Psychological... Yeah, they have, like, this weird like personality switch and it doesn't happen to a lot of people but you'll notice a lot of like serial killers are very 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 intelligent people so typically yeah typically (laughs) not always but typically like the most famous ones that got away yeah he also had an interest with medicine which led him to practice surgery on animals does that remind you of anyone that we've talked about recently (laughs) (laughs) hello um some reports even say he was responsible for the death of a friend so from that knowledge it seems like him and a buddy were playing house or doctor it sounds like the plot of the the lie movie that we didn't watch the blumhouse movie (laughs) yes because she kills her friend like it's obvious and i'm probably playing by creek bridge to terabithia fell in the creek (laughs) Uh, you know that happened a long time ago but still too fresh i know every time i watch it i'm like (laughs) oh anyway So, as a medical student at the University of Michigan, he stole corpses and made false insurance claims and may have used the bodies for experience. So, he really took advantage of his opportunities and was like, you know what? I'm already wealthy. Let's make it more. So, I'm going to... Which is ironic because his... Like, he already has money, but he's trying to make a living by frauding and scamming. Yeah. So, he's... You could make money from just being a surgeon. Like, you make it a lot of money. Or any medical field in general. I mean, even back then, it was still pretty pretty wealthy. Yeah. Uh, But I also read that the corpses that he found at the university that they used for, like, dissections and everything, um, that he might have possibly used them for some of his experiments. Yeah. 
and then would sell them and be like, hey, <laughs> this person died. He was my brother. Can I have life insurance, please? <laughs> that's just a, that's a little disturbing, I'm going to say. <laughs> like, oh. I just I, don't know how we got away with it so many yeah, times. Yeah, that's what I was. Like, like, there wasn't like a bajillion insurance companies back then. Yeah. So how did he, how did he get all this money from yeah. different bodies? They're like, hey, this guy looks familiar. Nah, you don't know me. I got that face. I got yeah. the face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. When I read that, I was like, how on earth did he not get caught from stealing bodies? <laughs> that too. Like, they're like, oh, well. Like, you know, we were supposed to, I was actually, you know, I make you up know scenarios what? in my head. He might have just gotten up. Yeah. He, he wasn't dead. I make scenarios in my up. head a lot. So I was like <laughs> thinking like, what, what do you think happened? Like, teacher A was like, oh, she took my body for my glass. I guess I got to order a new one. <laughs> like... What what do they think? Can when someone can someone die so I can get another body? I can't start this dissection without it. Yeah, <laughs> like they use the bodies for class, and then like they just disappear. Like it's not like they had like an abundance of bodies somewhere, yeah. and they were just like, oh, well, let's get the next like, one out. Hold on, let me go down to the morgue real quick. I'll go pick one up. Just like a pile of bodies from a hole, and they just kept yeah. kept taking them out when it was their turn. Yeah, the claw, the claw. <laughs> I am the chosen one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, that's just a little gist about his early life, oh, unless I, you have anything well, more to I add. Well, a little bit. I mean, I'm reading some of your notes because, you know, they link up so much. Yeah. <laughs> but in 1885, he moved to Chicago, and he found work at a pharmacy. Uh, he used the infamous Dr. Henry H. Holmes, which is how he got his famous name. Uh, and he eventually took over the business because it was rumored that he killed the original owner. It was an older person, but he, it just was yeah. assumed he killed the person because of who he was. But the person could have died of a heart attack for all we know. Yeah, I But mean, it was assumed that he might have killed the person in order to run the company. Yeah, because he was just working at the pharmacy and all of a sudden his the owner drops dead and he's like, okay, here I am. Here to save the day. And conveniently, he opened his own pharmacy not long after yeah. that. Which would have been a total waste of a kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, about his murder castle, it was a three-story building constructed near his pharmacy. And in, in the upper flo- flows? floors, <laughs> it contained his living quarters and, a s- and small rooms where he tortured and killed his many victims. There were also trapdoors and chutes that would lead to the basement where he would dispose of the bodies. And he could also burn them in the kiln that was down there, or he would dispose of them in other ways, or just leave them down there, apparently, from what they found after he was convicted. Yeah, but <laughs> the whole house was... I'm just imagining, like, just bodies waiting to go dissection. Yeah. Because he would also sell some of them for life insurance as well. So some of those bodies would be sold as well, and others would be donated. Which makes or me, burned. like, confused how how he still wasn't caught. He's selling the bodies. He Who doesn't, right? Rec- who needs glasses? Yeah. <laughs> Someone needs to put oh, on their like, glasses you, and see sir. that this is the same man. Thank you for giving me a body. Wears, Where'd you get it? Take Shaves his mustache, goes in, wears a mustache the next time. They'll never catch me. Because yeah. he did have, he had a pretty good mustache. I'm yeah. not going to lie. He had a pretty nice mustache and one of those little bolo hats. He's like the guy from uh, Meet the Robinsons. Oh, <laughs> don't do that to him. <laughs> not, not the, like the bad guy. I mean, he has a really sad backstory, though. Yeah. But he still tried to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway. <laughs> um. So this kind of took place. So when we talked about it in history, this is why we talked about it. So 
this was after, you know, like a great depression was happening and uh, just bad things in the world were happening. Not a lot of good was happening. It was after the wars and they wanted to make people happier. They wanted to make the United States seem like a happier and more beautiful place, especially after the wars. A lot of things weren't normal and a lot of things were destroyed. So they uh, had this beautiful city movement, which is what I refer to it as, but it's also called the Columbian Exposition. So basically they turned Chicago into the white city and a bunch of people would come and travel and see art and they would redo the city and build beautiful structures and everything else in between. And people would come to see it and they'd be called one of the beautiful cities and they only had a couple of them. Um, And Chicago is one of them. And so this is how he pretty much laid the trap for his victims. So he would open his home. He advertised that he would house these people because it was a mansion and he would let people stay with him in like the apartments. And then these people would never be seen again, which I don't know how no one would notice that either. But (laughs) Um, so many of his victims were women and he would seduce them, swindle them and kill them. Sometimes he would get engaged to them. Uh, And then his fiance would just magically disappear one day, runaway bride. (laughs) This man, did he give out wedding rings? Did he how ma- how did they get engaged? Because that's a lot of that's a lot of rings to get away. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's taking he advertised that he had apartments. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, because the the diamond company didn't really take off until the nineteen hundreds, so there weren't really wedding rings back then. It was a the cap around a water bottle, <laughs> like the little plastic piece. He's like, here you go, darling. Well, will you take my hand in marriage? I know I can't give you much, but I can give you my word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my word to kill you. Um. (laughs) Yeah, so he would uh, swindle them that way. And also, he would also hire people to take care of the mansion, housekeeping, whatever. And uh, he would lure them with the offer of employment. Um, I don't know where it is in my notes, but he would also make people sign him on their like life insurance policies Mm -hmm. so if they died or something happened to them he would be able to get some of the money so that's also why he would kill them (laughs) so he could also claim pretty much all the life insurance because he was um, a beneficiary yeah i feel like that should have been a red flag that's where he should have been this name looks familiar he probably used aliases honestly like gerald or something he made fake ids back in the day he was popping into clubs all the time (laughs) (laughs) uh so Holmes left Chicago shortly after the World's Fair to continue his schemes. Um, He had a plan with an associate named Benjamin Peitzel, where he would fake his death to collect $10,000 from life insurance. Again, with the life insurance. I don't... How do the people not catch on by now? Uh, He was jailed at one point and told fellow inmate Marion Hedgepeth, H.M. Howard, about the scheme. And later, he went on to tell investigators uh, these details in order to get, like, a lesser sentence or whatever. He would work with them, and in turn, they would give him a less harsh sentence. So they told him, he told them all about what Holmes was saying. Yeah. Um, and authorities didn't catch him soon enough, and he killed Peitzel and told his widow that he was alive and in hiding. So he convinced her to let him take their kids, well, three out of the five of the kids, and they all became victims and died. So not only did he affect his life and other people's lives, but he also affected people that he knew 
and swindled them and killed their children. So <laughs> not a very good man. <laughs> I feel like he sounds like a typical sociopath. I just don't think he cared. He was like bodies, yeah. money, all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> He was money hungry and he found he, Yeah. He a found way his passion through medical stuff and he found that not necessarily through work. I mean he did work at his pharmacy, but obviously not when he left. And he found a way to take care of what he wanted to do in life and also get a shit ton of money <laughs> without having to actually be committed. Uh, he was finally arrested after being on the run on November in eighteen ninety four. He gave numerous stories while in custody, admitting to killing 27 people. He was convicted in 1895, and he appealed his case, but he lost, of course. <laughs> and he was hung on May 7, 1896, for the Peitzel murder, and was buried in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and I actually have found his last words, because I always find last words of serial killers, specifically serial killers, because it's always like, was, like extra. like last meals. I did not look up his last meal. That I I don't know if they did that yeah. back then. But I mean, it's interesting to learn now what they eat. Like some people get like McDonald's or like Burger King. Yeah. Some people eat like a chicken pot pie. <laughs> yeah, I know what I would have. I w- I would have like a. It's gonna happen or something. Is it a huge boat of sushi? Um. No, actually, <laughs> it would be a lot of dairy. I'm lactose intolerant. Oh yeah. Well, you'd so. be miserable before you even died. It would have to be like right before your death. <laughs> yeah. Your body relaxes, and I'm like, I'm lactose intolerant. I'm allergic. This is their problem. <laughs> Big bowl of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I want to swim in it. <laughs> yeah. But H.H. Holmes' last words was, I was born with the devil inside of me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer no more than a poet can h- help the inspiration to sing. And I feel like his last words do go along with Edgar Allan Poe. He literally just made poetry by what he was saying. I am no poet, but I'm going to speak some poetry to you. (laughs) Like, I am the devil, but poetry. (laughs) Which I'm sure is why they inspired the devil in the White City by his last words. And he's been the subject of many books and films. Um, The Devil in the White City was uh, written in 2003 by Eric Larson. I actually bought it to read for this, and then I just never got around to it, Uh, mainly because it doesn't necessarily all deal with H.H. Holmes, like the crimes are happening, but it's it's a real story based on the people that were in the city at the time. Yeah, like an outside perspective. Yeah, so it's not necessarily about him, but it's like he's in it, and he's doing everything that he did, but it's not like from his perspective made up. Yeah. Um, it was adapted, or no, it's going to be adapted. It was going to come out this year, but it got pushed back uh, into a Hulu series by Martin Scorsese, Scorsese? <laughs> starring Leonardo DiCaprio, and that was announced in February 2019. Uh, Leo was originally supposed to star in it, but he just, I don't know, some complications happened, so now he's on board with directing it, I believe, instead of starring in it, which Leo would have done a fantastic job oh, either yeah. way. <laughs> but he's worked with this... Uh, this director a lot so i think that it's gonna it's gonna be a really great show when it does decide to come out uh so (laughs) i found this after i read everything and it said that he also stole horses and shipped them to st louis this man just running around killing people and then just like picks up someone's horse along the way and he's like yeah let's go yeah (laughs) gotta go sell (laughs) you i feel like he just he was a klepto he was a klepto he stole bodies and horses (laughs) he just like to have things that weren't his yeah <laughs> he didn't like to earn what he had he liked to just steal it yeah well they say one man's trash is another man's treasure 
you calling someone's dead body trash? That's kind of harsh. I did not say or any, horse. I a s- beautiful horse. I said they say first of all. <laughs> <laughs> it was a quote. I am not calling anything anything. Gosh, Summer. I feel attacked. <laughs> Don't want you at my funeral. <laughs> trash. <laughs> Uh, and also he was married twice of record. Didn't work out. I don't know if he killed the I other I wonder ones. why. Uh, <laughs> Maybe because he was alone in a city. I don't know. Could have been a Ted Bundy situation <laughs> where he completely hid this life from his significant other and one day they found out and they, but that's just a theory I just came up with on the spot. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about the murder house a little bit more because it's one of the most fascinating things. And I, when I was in the class, we saw like the, the blueprints of the house. If you Google it, you can find it. And the interesting thing about this man is that he kind of had the house similar to the Winchesters, Mary Winchester, uh, but in a way that no one knew the design except him pretty much. He would bring on multiple contractors, fire them, and then have more people build onto the house, and they would build just the most random things, and it was just to confuse the people that were in the house. Um, So he built... Secret passages, trapdoors, soundproof rooms, doors that lock from the outside but not the inside, peepholes, stairways to nowhere, chutes to the basement, doors opening to nothing, false walls, and walls with hinges. So he could move throughout the walls, he could, you know, trap people and then get their bodies, whatever. Just weirdest, weirdest outline of a house. Yeah, blueprints were now, insane. Now, <laughs> if the owner of the house was the victim, this would have been the perfect house for them, but it wasn't. So it was just a, it was just a death trap. Yeah, it was a, it was death, a death trap. Tra- it's a saw house, basically. It's I he was jigsaw, and the rest of them were his little puppets. <laughs> yeah, I think he thought of life as a game. <sighs> so the uh, the first floor had several stores, and the two upper levels contained Holmes' office and a hundred rooms. I have no idea what this house looked like in its prime because <laughs> I wish I could see it now. Like that would be an awesome like hotel or museum or something. Um, some rooms were soundproof and had gas lines to asphyxiate guests with gas chambers. Some had flamethrowers in the walls to burn them to death. This is literally Jigsaw. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about this, yeah. this is a Saw movie. <laughs> Do you think that's where they got the inspiration? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I mean, I didn't yeah. know about H.H. H. Holmes until I heard about him in history. And up until then, I never knew about him. But I just thought this was such an interesting case, and it just fascinated me. Um, Some rooms were filled with pits of acid and <laughs> rooms to be hanged in. Rooms for suffocation, and one had a stretching rack. Uh, there was an airtight bank vault where the bodies were stored. Hold on. Or a people. stretching rack? Yeah. Like, like I'm guessing it's kind of like the death torture that, like, the, the Huns used to do where they would stretch them on horses, but yeah. like, it was a table that did it. Oh. That's what I'm picturing, but I, I could yeah. be completely like, off. Um, I also pictured the thing that people use to stretch other backs. <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, Willy Wonka when the kid gets stuck in the TV and they have to stretch him like taffy. Oh, ew. But they don't survive. Um, Yeah, and then he would also have this, like, room where people would be stored and they basically starve to death. Hmm. I'd rather be burned alive than starve to death. You know, I wouldn't because you would just end up, like, passing out and then you die in your sleep where you're awake during being burned to death. Well, you'd be starving up until then. Yeah. You'd be starving, going insane, seeing things. It'd be a long death. Yeah, I mean, I personally... 
the I have top ways I would prefer not to die. Like I mean, I don't want to be burned alive either. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I'd rather have that happen than starving to death yeah. in a room where there's no windows, no way out, and you're basically losing yourself to insanity and fatigue and hunger. Yeah, I mean, you have your preference. I have mine. <laughs> Uh, so he stole all the furniture that was pretty much in his house. No surprise. He yep. steals everything. <laughs> uh, there was a laboratory in the basement that contained lime and acid pits and two furnaces made to dispose of his dissected evidence. And he, as I said, sold and donated bodies and skeletons to buyers in schools. So, yeah, no record. <laughs> so there could be literally real people hanging in university medical areas right now. Um... During construction, Holmes hired and fired many builders, so no one would know the layout of the castle, as I said. All of Holmes' employees, hotel guests, fiancés, and wives were required to have life insurance policies and list him as the beneficiary. Once he killed them, he would collect life insurance money, and he would put in ads looking for wives, lodging, and work, as I said. So this man was a real con artist. And once authorities entered his home, they found the fern- er, the torture chambers intact. Skeletons, human hair, dried blood, discarded clothes, and many remains were found in the basement. So they literally walked into, like, the most disturbing thing you could ever imagine, especially with serial killers not being a thing of the time. Like, imagine just walking in, you're like, oh, fuck, yeah. what did I get myself into? I know I, I should have just... I know I should have just stayed at home today. <laughs> I should have called off. I wasn't ready to deal with this. Should have just worked at my dad's store. I don't need to see this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine being the first responder for that. Like, serial killers aren't really a thing yet. And then you walk in and see this. Like, like you okay. wouldn't be able to explain it. You'd be like, this is literally a real life horror movie. Yeah. They didn't have movies back then, but it was no, a horror no. story. I, there was, there had. In no, the 1800s? No, no, no. Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they did. I'm not going to sound stupid on, on live air. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to finish off my portion, um, the fun fact is he requested to be buried in a concrete encased coffin 10 feet below ground. Uh, so no one would rob his grave and use his body for dissection, which is completely ironic as he literally robbed graves <laughs> yeah. all the time and took corpses. Seems like he projected his own fear like if i did it someone else will do it so i gotta make sure they don't take my body although i'm pretty sure even in cement coffins you'd be able to the earth would penetrate it eventually and you could literally just use a shovel and break it open or something look at you (laughs) i wouldn't know that anyway (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying if they really wanted to get to his body there's if there's a will there's a way yeah his body's still there (laughs) unless if there were ashes there's not much you can do (laughs) to protect your body from that um, but yeah, so I think that he's just so fascinating. And like I said, there's still a lot of theories because they don't know how many people he actually killed. They found way more evidence than just 20 bodies. Um, and you know, a lot of people, I don't know how they didn't notice their loved ones are missing if they went to the white city, but I don't know. I mean, it's back then there weren't easy ways to communicate. So now if someone tried to pull that off, they wouldn't get very far. No, but I feel like it'd still be a little weird. Like, maybe my my family member was murdered by H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> like, I don't know. I hope not. Oh, I also heard that his neck didn't snap when he was hung. So he, so just, he, would, he strangled they tied, to death. They tied it bad, I guess. I mean. Well, not everyone's neck breaks when they, when they hang. Okay. So it's either you die from your neck snapping or you die from. Being choked to death. Yes, I'd rather my neck snap. Yeah. <laughs> If you've ever seen The Mummy, it's an example of that, how his neck didn't break. He literally laughs at it when he's about to be hung for whatever it was. I think it was because they were the war was in their country or whatever. Okay. <laughs> and they're about to hang him, and she's like, I'll give you whatever. He knows 
the map like he knows the way and he's like ah look his neck it didn't snap (laughs) (laughs) and then he just hangs there choking and then they finally cut him free but it's a it's a really common thing actually so okay yeah but luckily we don't do that anymore we just give them a shot (laughs) although some people need to see shocky i think yeah old sparky (laughs) oh they call me shocky (laughs) (laughs) i went with that note we will see you on the Christmas episode. I'm looking forward to it. It's Christmas folklore. I'm going to spoil it now because we're really excited about it. It's going to be a juicy one. It's going to be a little longer. Uh, Our treat to you. But as I said before, happy holidays and we'll see you next week.